fear the talking queers. Hey, happy Halloween. Happy Halloween, bitch. Yes, pumpkin spice this pussy, baby. (laughs) Happy Halloween. (laughs) I love that song. I know. I'm Frankie. And I'm Jake. And we're Fear the Talking Queers. Welcome to the show. Yes. It's such a special episode. It's such a special episode. Uh, First of all, the song we were just referencing was <laughs> Halloweeny 2 <laughs> Pumpkin Spice yes by Ash Nico um and she actually has the first one too have you ever heard the first yes. part the Halloweeny I love that one too yeah they're it's like about eating masks <laughs> and it's nasty I love it but all, Halloween. but all in the name of Halloween you know like, right oh god I love it <laughs> um so what have you been watching on TV, girl? Um, all these new releases have been coming out for Halloween. Um, so the yes. one I I watched the most recently was The Witches. Starring Anne Hathaway. Starring Anne Hathaway. Um, Your favorite actress. <laughs> yeah, my favorite actress. Um, basically, uh, the movie actually turned out to be, I thought, very cute. Um, very you know, cute. HBO Max release. Uh, um but I, for free. For free, which is crazy. So that's <laughs> yeah, nice. to pay for this movie. That's really nice. But um, yeah, as far as like the movie goes, I thought it was very cute. Um, I love the changes they made from the original as far as like, you know, having Octavia Spencer in it and centering it in the U.S. and things like that um, that I really liked about it. And then, you know, of course, there are things that I obviously didn't enjoy as much, a.k.a. Anne. The Grand High Witch. The Grand High Witch, Anne Hathaway, who <laughs> I am not a fan of by any means, and I think that she is absolutely laughable in this movie. She's garbage. But <laughs> my my opinion on her take on this character was that she felt. I feel like she takes herself very seriously, and so when <sighs> she gets these parts, <laughs> she does of the in these ridiculous movies that she overdoes it as a wink to the audience like I know this is ridiculous uh, so I'm just gonna ham it up like I feel like it's very forced I think that there are better actresses that could have played this like why couldn't we've gotten Kate Blanchett in there like yes! oh she would have been amazing that would have yes! been amazing <laughs> she would have been perfect for this but then we get Anne Hathaway who just always seems so desperate to give a good performance that she comes off. They should have ridiculous. just done an all black cast and just had like Viola okay. Davis up in there. Please, absolutely get Angela. Yeah. Imagine a- Angela Bassett. Oh. In that role. oh my god, I almost had a mini heart attack <laughs> she, just now. As she you said would her have name. been crazy. She would have been fantastic. Right. Vanessa Williams would have done a better job. Yeah, absolutely. No, um, love Vanessa Williams. Yeah, so oh, Octavia Spencer did amazing. Yeah, I love Octavia. She gives a, a solid performance, and I do, like I said, I do think the movie's cute. It's definitely for kids, um, yeah, for sure. And you know, I, and I love Robert Zemeckis. It's half cartoon. Yeah, and I love Robert Zemeckis. Oh yeah, and he, you know, he brought us Death Becomes Her and Back to the Future. There were some moments in there that were kind of like Death Becomes Her too. Uh, the part that I'm like referring to in my head right now is when she is when Anne Hathaway is like on her like chaise lounge looking in the mirror and there's lightning 
and it flashes and as it flashes her face is shown as like a demon right which also didn't make sense that's very death which didn't make sense though because that never comes back again I'm like, what, no, where the, that's not what she transforms into. Yeah, I was like, what the fuck? Is, we literally were talking about that. Like, why did her face do that in that mirror? And then, anyway, I don't know. You know. I had an issue with the CGI because, like, the stretched mouth. I just thought she looked like the Cheshire Cat from Tim Burton's Alice in Wonderland. Right. I mean, my God, but look at how amazing the prosthetic or, like, the practical effects were and the prosthetics and the original uh, were. And then this is what we get. Like, why? Why? Yeah. It was like, it was like that Macaulay Culkin movie the page master right where it's like half cartoon half real yeah, it's life like roger rabbit like who the fucking roger rabbit ass movie yeah literally and then chris and chenoweth like what that was ridiculous um why in the hell was she playing a girl's voice <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i was i was obviously an older woman <laughs> and obviously chris and Chen- i mean i love her voice i could listen to it all oh, day. i love her singing voice absolutely but like her speaking voice, she sounds like a 50-year-old woman trying to sound like an like a little child. I'm Daisy. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, it's like Dolly Parton. Yeah, literally. My, why did they get her? I mean, might as well at this point. Um, yeah. But I don't know. I, so I give it like, it's like an okay, it's a cute watch, especially if you have kids. It's cute. But it is not the original by any means, and Hand Hathaway sucks. Anyway, what have you been watching? <laughs> Well, speaking of Vanessa Williams, who I mentioned earlier, I watched the movie Bad Hair, mm-hmm. which is available on Hulu. Yes. It just came out yesterday, which was the 23rd? Mm. 23rd. Yes. Yeah, the 23rd. Um, and it's really, really good. I wish you had watched it so I, I know. could talk about it a little bit more. I know. I'm but, watching it tonight. Um, I'm watching it tonight. It's basically, it comes from, I guess, um, slave lore, some kind of like folk tale from back in the day. Um, during the slave days and about the moss haired girl and it's just about this it's a it's a crazy cool concept for bl- black girl's hair yeah I love that don't give any spoilers yeah. the way though because I'm, I'm not really gonna give any spoilers I'm not gonna give any spoilers you've seen the trailer yeah so it's yeah, kind of just it, yeah. like I know crazy about. possessed hair um it's it was awesome it's really straightforward you don't have to think you can just sit there watch and enjoy which i absolutely i love movies that are like that so what i liked about it most was that it harkened back to like movies like death by temptation right i was gonna ask like did you find yeah. it to be inspired by that because i know you said you thought the trailer yeah. reminded you of that there were some visuals in there it takes place in the 80s so it kind of had these like funky visuals and co- a lot of color yeah um during the moments of like terror and i felt like it was very deaf by temptation it was cool cool loved it would definitely recommend if you want simple viewing yes yeah, so I, I can't wait to watch that i'm can't wait for the craft legacy to come out oh i know that is the that's the one i'm ready for the 28th the day this comes out will be the day that it premieres so if you're listening to this the craft legacy is out yes go rent it buy i guess it's probably gonna be rent it's probably gonna be like 20 bucks to get it but like you know i'll pay i'll pay so i'm excited to see that i know it's it's a very controversial I know. movie people have so much hate for it already and i'm like you haven't even watched I'm like, it i'm like oh my god at least i i knew Anne hathaway was gonna be crap but i still watched the witches Right. You know? <laughs> um, so I, uh, I don't know. I would say give it a chance. I think the aesthetic looks cool. Yeah. I, what I really love about it is that Zoe Lister Jones, who's the writer and director, the simple fact that she's the writer and the director. I love when 
the writers are directing the film also because it's a total it's a one vision you know what I mean right. it's not like multiple people's take on one script sure so I love that part of it I can't wait to see it yeah I'm very excited I think it looks great let's all give it a chance before we um, rip yeah. it to shreds and if it, if it comes out and you see it and then you hate it then you know then you hate yeah. it but I mean you know right now let's Never. let's support it I, I'm all for supporting yeah. it because I think it open looks, mind yeah. open hearts Ab- absolutely <laughs> yes <laughs> well I'm, I think that we should start getting into our movie movies this week uh, because bitch let's jump into this because this is a catastrophe <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, this is gonna be quite the um, challenge for us today because we are yeah. not we're not taking on one movie. We're not taking on two movies. We're taking on like eight movies today. Yes. Yeah. Seven. Seven. Eight. eight. No, no. Kind of like eight. Oh, or I'm gonna say kind of like eight. I'm gonna say eight. Halloween. We're gonna talk about Halloween Kills a little bit. So yeah, yeah eight. So um, yeah, this has been my October has been filled with rewatching all of these movies in the Halloween franchise. Because it's been a while for some of them, and also some of them I hadn't ever really seen maybe more than once. And so this has been quite the journey for me, (laughs) personally. Oh my god. So the way we're going to talk about this is we're going to divide it by universe. So we're going to talk about the Thorn trilogy, we're going to talk about the H2O storyline, and then the new 2018 continuation. So let's start in chronological order with the Thorn trilogy. Okay. Oh, is that chronological? Yeah. Wait, how? Because it starts with Halloween. Because it's oh. the first universe. Oh. You know what I mean? God. Oh, I see. Okay. It's the first. Yeah. It's like the first continuation. Oh, okay. You in my you know I mean? in my mind, I wasn't connecting Halloween two to the Thorn trilogy, but I guess it does. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a continuation because they talk about just because they mention the body count, right? They have the burn, the burn scars, right? Okay, so yeah, I guess it does. In my mind, I was thinking it was like one, four. No, that it's one, two, four. Okay, sorry. See, I'm yeah. I'm still trying to figure this shit out. It is so confusing. I know. I know. There's so many so, different universes and multiverses and yeah. shit here. So the Thorn trilogy consists of Halloween, Halloween two, and then Halloween four, five, and six. Mm-hmm. The only reason we know this is because in Halloween 4, they say that Michael Myers has killed 16 people, which he does not kill 16 people in the original Halloween. So that we know then right, that partakes right. in Halloween 2. Yeah, so Halloween 2, there's a much higher body count. <laughs> and also Jamie Lloyd is, you know, Laurie Strode's daughter. Yes. So... So okay, that, but, yeah. So it does, okay, yeah. so let's just talk about... Let's give a short synopsis of what the Thorn trilogy is all about, and then we'll jump into it. Great. Okay. So after Michael Myers kills his sister Judith on Halloween night, 1963, in Haddonfield, Illinois, he returns 15 years later and begins stalking Laurie Strode, played by Jamie Lee Curtis. After killing her friends, he continues to stalk her at the hospital in Halloween 2, a continuation of the same night. Meanwhile, his psychologist, Dr. Sam Loomis, is attempting to hunt Michael down and stop his murderous rampage, which he does until Michael returns 10 years later in Halloween 4, when he then returns again to stalk and kill Lori's daughter, Jamie Lloyd, played by Danielle Harris. Jamie Lloyd is a foster child since Lori died in a car accident in between movies. Jamie is traumatized from her encounter with Michael, and then in Halloween 5, Revenge of 
<laughs> then in Halloween 5, which takes place one year later, she becomes telepathically connected to Michael, who now has a mysterious triangular tattoo on his wrist. <laughs> After another bloody Halloween in Haddonfield, Michael escapes once again with the help of a mystery man in black. In Halloween, Curse of Michael Myers, the man in black is discovered to be a cult leader attempting to keep Michael's cursed evil bloodline going by having Michael and Jamie conceive a child together. <laughs> Yuck. <laughs> See, Michael has been inflicted with the Druid Curse of Thorn. With this curse, you are a murderous immortal driven to kill your family on Halloween night. The storyline concludes without an ending. Michael's cursed fate remains a mystery to this day. Yes, uh, so this is quite quite an interesting (laughs) chapter or like universe in this franchise. So what? So what do you think about this? I know you have much more uh, connection to this part of the series than I do because I these are the movies that I did not watch growing up. I didn't come into watching these until I was an adult. So I, I I think what happened was Halloween four. Obviously, they wanted to continue. The grand old tradition after Halloween 3 season of The Witch was such a failure. So <laughs> Halloween 4, they brought in as the return of Michael Myers. That's how, you know, that's the tag, the subtitle or whatever. Um, so they wanted to return Michael Myers. Everybody was expecting Michael Myers watching a Halloween movie. So they kind of went back to basics and they did. And they did a great job. I think Halloween 4 stands up well with Halloween 1 and 2, right. especially being that it's like 10 years later, right. it's in the 80s. And, it's different, yeah. and I and that's one of the things that I did. Um, I like even wrote down that I liked about that I like about the Thorn trilogy is Halloween Four because it still uh, remains within that sort of simplistic formula of Halloween One yeah. and Two. Is that you know it's he's a killer, he's after these people, people die, he's after his bloodline, right? Ex- and he'll kill whoever gets sure, in his way. Absolutely, and I and I appreciate that because it does it sort of stays true to the originals it's not until we get into the ridiculousness of the supernatural in five and six that i go oh wow this really took a turn so i think for me halloween four does hold up i actually do really i actually really enjoy that movie it's not like one of my it's the best part of this little trilogy i even think that it's it's deserving enough to stand separately from the rest sure because it's it's good halloween five had like three three to four different writers like a producer the director its own writer like and so they took the best of each and everyone's ideas and put them together which is why that is such a hodgepodge of a movie such a Frankenstein of a film it's a Frankenstein of a film and then in Halloween 6 I really think that even though that's one of the weaker ones in the franchise I really think that that's where they tried to pick up the pieces as much as they could to make sense of what Halloween 5 destroyed hmm interesting yeah because Halloween 5 I feel like and from what I've read was sort of written especially like this character of the man in black and things like that they were written without any idea of where they were going with it like they yeah. didn't seem like they, they had even known what the plot of something that would explain that is like Halloween 6 they didn't have a plot for that yet <laughs> yeah but yeah they're like they're we're just, just what about a mystery man yeah we're just running with us this idea and hopefully somebody someday will come up with the reason for this happening <laughs> which I think is so you bizarre know, and I think that what they did in Halloween 6 to explain that I think it, it was enough to say you know what I mean like it's like okay fine sure because we'll talk about it again but that's actually what happens in Halloween 2018 is 
Michael getting help to be released and continue on killing. It's like, um, it's just a mess. It's just a mess. So let's kind of go like movie by movie. Sure. Starting with Halloween 4. The best parts of it are, of course, Danielle Harris. Yeah. In the loss of Jamie Lee Curtis, we gain a really great scream queen, a young one. Uh, through Danielle Harris, yeah, I love I love her acting in this in these movies. I think she's Both great, especially considering how young she is and the sort of really adult circumstances they put her in. And I was like, this would be I mean I don't know about traumatizing as a, a young actress, but I mean this is a lot to expect from a young actress to go to be like yeah. the final girl in a in a slasher film like that that's, in a rated R slasher yeah. film. Yeah, and so I I my hats off to her and. Because um, she really, she really nailed this as a little kid. I, I, I think Jamie Lloyd is an incredibly sympathetic character, and I really like that. I, I mean, I really like her in this film. So I agree. Yes. Yeah. Totally. Um, so the script was written in eleven days because uh, there was a writer strike coming. Do you think that that shows in this movie at all? Um. I. I mean, obviously, there's not too much plot. There's not even, you know, the writing is, it's, it doesn't really go anywhere. We're not really advancing. We're not learning anything new other than the fact that, you know, these characters have some backstory that are now connected to Michael, but I don't necessarily think the writing is spectacular by any means. So that makes sense. And I don't know if you caught it, but did you notice that Lindsay Wallace and Tommy Doyle are in this movie? Are they? Yeah. So Lindsay, I don't know where Tommy is, but I know that there's somebody credited as playing Tommy Doyle. But Lindsay Wallace is the girl driving Rachel and Danielle to the cost the the store to get Jamie's oh, costume. Really? She's supposed to be Lindsay Wallace. Oh, so random. Where the fuck? They didn't even make a big deal. Where out the fuck of was it. Kyle? Where's Kyle Richards? <laughs> yeah. Was she not available? Yeah, at that time. <laughs> um, the transfer that they tried to write in at the ending, the transfer of Michael to Jamie and Jamie getting possessed essentially by Michael's spirit because Michael was supposed to have died at the end of Halloween 4 right. and then it was his energy or whatever it was supposed to transfer to Jamie oh yeah they like they like she had, they like touch each she other attacks and... her foster mom yeah right. they touch each other and then she attacks her foster mom um are you mad that they <laughs> didn't expand that or I mean it just like kind of weird it feels like a cheap ending to me like they don't it, like a shock like a ending. shock ending and then they were like oh shit now we have to try to explain this like what is happening you know I, so I mean I don't know if it, I don't I don't necessarily love it it doesn't make me mad but like it just it doesn't seem <laughs> like it, it 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 contributes much no and then Halloween 5 when they go to explain it they're just kind of like oh she's yeah she's traumatized and now she's mute <laughs> <laughs> um, so one of my favorite things about Halloween 4 is I think that I, I like that they continued the theme of like family throughout it because, you know, at once Halloween 2 came around and, uh, you know, established like this, it's a sibling thing. It's a it's about the family and he's out to kill his family. I did like that they continued this idea that it's about the family and Michael coming back to kill his his niece and um, but I really like the dynamic between Jamie and Rachel because they sort of act as like siblings, even though they're not the actual like full siblings or anything like that. They sort of, I think, become like a foil for like <laughs> the crazy relationship dynamic, I guess, between Michael and Lori. And then we see Jamie and Rachel who who really come together 
and have a really supportive relationship and you know Rachel really goes to bat for her and fights for Jamie's survival and I think that's one of the things I really like about it there's this like they continued that sort of family element through it that I think has really stuck throughout the Halloween franchise yeah so that's what I think one of the strongest parts of Halloween 4 is for sure yeah. And the Thorn Trilly in yeah. general. Yeah. And then we transition to Halloween 5, because Rachel is really a strong final girl. Right, exactly. And then she gets it, like, 12 minutes yeah. into the movie of Halloween 5. Right, and that's when I was like, ugh, this is the, this is the descent. This is the, the downfall of the storyline. Story because that's what I thought the most compelling thing was, was the relationship between... Jamie and Rachel so I feel like and what I had read was that it was her idea I don't know if it was necessarily her idea but their idea was to kill off Rachel in the beginning because it was supposed to be almost like that Drew Barrymore thing in Scream where it was like well if Rachel dies nobody is safe but it's like you killed off one of the most compelling characters in this trilogy who had one of the strongest stories you know she's the big sister fighting for her little sister and now she's gone and now we're left with Tina who's now our <laughs> our heroine who I don't hate like I, I guess a lot of the Halloween oh my god fans there's do. so much passionate hate for Tina and, but you know and I and I don't hate her I don't think she's necessarily like your classic final girl it's almost like as if the party girl trope was like moved over into the final girl trope and so it's sort of disjointed or something it does like exactly. it, does, it doesn't feel natural it's like a square peg in a round hole kind of thing I, I Yes, and I wrote down, why do people hate Tina? And I, it is because, and they talk about this in a Halloween 5 documentary, that like people didn't like her because they were so used to the formula at this point. Yeah. The formula that Friday the 13th had, that Nightmare yeah. on the Street was presented, and that you know Halloween had, where it's like, the virgin girl is the final girl, and the party girls die. And this party girl, and she does yeah, die. She does die, she doesn't even make it. But, but, yeah. but I mean... And, and to me, honestly, I don't really see her too much at the forefront of this film. Everyone's like, she's the final girl. I'm like, no, she's not. First of all, she dies. And secondly, she's she's in it. And she's she's a relevant character in this. But she's not like the star of the show. And maybe and that's a problem with Halloween 5. Is that you don't really know who it is you're supposed to be following. You know, Jamie is... What she's like in a an in a institution because she's mute and kind of nutso now after you know having a psychic connection with Michael and it's like who are we who are, who are we following? Rachel dies now we have Tina who is the final girl but is not the final girl because she dies and I actually love the character of Tina being this like fun eighties party girl. I think if Rachel had survived throughout the film, Tina would be a more well-liked character. Right, uh, yeah, exactly, because she isn't who we're necessarily counting on to lead our hero, you know, little Jamie, to to triumph, you know? So we're like, oh, yeah, she's fun, she's probably going to have a few great lines, and then we're going to enjoy watching her get it. But then, yeah. what, but then she's put in this position that isn't necessarily traditionally for her kind of character. So, I don't know, maybe it's just, it's a weird thing to swallow but i think it's kind of a cool choice personally i mean who else has done that when else has the party girl ever been that sort of hero never and she does fight for jamie she does she does she sacrifices herself for her yeah and so which i think is a really cool trajectory for her character it's like this person who's so carefree and 
you know, who gives a shit. Right. Then ends up sacrificing herself for this little girl that really she doesn't need to. Yeah, that's not... She has no yeah, she just, obligation she just to take ha- care yeah, of this child. Yeah, she has just, like, a personal love for her. Yeah. So I think that's... I think it's nice. I think it's nice. <laughs> I don't hate Tina. She, I Obviously, if you have your own reasons for hating Tina, that's, all, that's good for you. That's on you, girl. But I know. I think it's just a cool choice. Um, yeah, it is. It's personally. different. Yeah. Halloween 5... For me, the worst part of it, besides the mask, <laughs> that ugly, thick-necked mask. Oh my gosh, I don't even, I don't know. I honestly didn't even notice the difference between any of the masks. I know they all look different, but I'm just like, eh, whatever. Whatever, this doesn't it's, bother uh, me. It's, it's the ugliest one to me. Um, but <laughs> it, they started shooting this movie before the script was even finished. Yeah, that, that tracks. And four people were writing the script, so it's like... That was a mistake. <laughs> a big mistake. <laughs> Has there been another I, goddamn rewrite? How the fuck are we supposed to learn our <laughs> lives? There's a new script every 15 minutes. <laughs> so then after Halloween 5, was, it was kind of, it, it was successful in the box office, but it wasn't as well liked as Halloween 4 and everyone knew that. Right. So then they kind of had to pick up the pieces and the um, writer of Halloween 6 Ferens, Steve Ferens, I think is his name. Um, I guess he really he wrote a really kick-ass script that kind of tied in all these loose ends, and it's still essentially the same storyline that we get in Halloween Six. But I guess it was a lot better in its first draft than what we ended up having. Halloween Six it explains the little tattoo on him, the thorn curse, <laughs> which actually isn't a foreign concept because in the novelization of the original Halloween 1978, the writer of that novel wrote in that the reason Michael kills is because he's possessed by a druid spirit and must kill on Halloween night. Like he's possessed by a spirit <laughs> that killed somebody on Halloween night back in the Samhain days. Who and who? And now that's what he's doing. So it's not a foreign concept. I think that he literally got this idea from the novel of the original movie. Right. Which, okay. Weird. Which, okay. But I mean, is that... Is that where we want to go is that in where, a feature film? Right, exactly. <laughs> because one of the things that made the original so masterful was the subtlety of all of it like there wasn't much it wasn't super complex but it was subtle but still created so much tension and uh people were scared of it people were terrified of halloween you know and but and it didn't really and it wasn't over the top it wasn't grotesque there wasn't an incredibly complicated storyline like it was what it was and i think that my biggest problem with something like halloween six is that it gets so convoluted story-wise mm-hmm. that it literally is like a slap in the face to everything that was that made the original good. Yeah, because it's so they might as well have bonkers. slapped John Carpenter and Deborah Hill across their faces, right? And said, <laughs> "Yeah, you know that really subtle masterpiece you made. Well, we're gonna fucking take it, and we're going to." I don't know, make it the most ridiculous storyline. We're going to bring in supernatural elements. We're going to bring in cult people. Um, you know, Michael Myers is now just going to be like an agent of these cult members. He doesn't really, his, he doesn't really have any mo- like reason for doing what he's been doing other than what we want him to. I don't know. It just all seems yeah. so it's over the top. Too ridiculous. much. It's too much. Dan Farrens, by the way, is the writer of this movie. Got it. Like that. The biggest problem with Halloween 6, besides Paul Rudd's acting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally. But he's so cute. Um, is that the studio heads, the Weinstein brothers, Ugh. they 
kept influencing this movie right. to be something completely different. And Mustafa Akkad right. and the other producer, I forget his name at this time too, um, they had, you know, they were more faithful to the actual script of the movie. And so there's they're kept being this conflicting thing. And then they finally, after a legal battle, they just gave up the M- Mustafa Akkad. Right. And um, so then the Weinsteins pretty much took over this production and they have the theatrical release. If you're lucky enough, you can catch the producer's cut, which actually is available like on Prime. Yeah, I like think that. I had a, I had to rent it on iTunes, so it's like not even yeah. available on Prime. It's oh okay, yeah, it's available on like my Fire Stick, so I don't know where it's right. pulling it from, but but it's I, and I actually have it. I found it at Walmart for like five bucks wow. on Blu-ray. It's a really you paid weird... five dollars for that. <laughs> 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 well, it's a better version. Yeah. It's, it has better storytelling. The only problem with it is that it's unfinished. So at a certain point, you still get that theatrical release edited in there. Right. I do. I mean, I do like the fact that the producer's cut had more reverence for the original than the theatrical does because, they, you know, they inserted music. They, uh, they did their best to just make it more grounded as opposed to the over-the-top ridiculousness that is the theatrical cut that is just full of over-the-top gore over-the-top kills and didn't focus on what the hell was actually trying to be told in the story yeah it's a huge mess and i honestly think that this was the segue into scream because scream came out a year later yeah and i kind of feel like this was like that transition where it was like okay Enough is enough. All the all the storylines for all their big franchises, Nightmare on Elm Street, Halloween, Friday Thirteenth, were getting so convoluted that it was like right. we have to strip it back to basics. Otherwise, the horror genre is going to die. Right. Absolutely. At least the slasher part of it. Right. And then Scream came along, and I I don't know. This is sort of a random thought, but I I, I was sort of re- thinking about this after I saw that variety. Is it variety? In, um, sort of interview between Jamie Lee Curtis and Nev Campbell that just came out. Yes. About yes. how these two, like the Scream franchise franchise and the Halloween franchise have really, they're constantly like on each other's like nuts. I don't know how to explain it, but like they're yeah. constantly influencing one another. Like obviously Halloween, the original. Yes. And, you know, created, started the sort of rules and everything that these horror movies have we're living by and then Halloween came along and sort of deconstructed that and then we get something like H2O which is very uh, reminiscent of the Scream sort of ni- late 90s slasher vibe and then right. um, and then we have Scream 4 which comes out and uh, which talks about reboots and things like that and then we reboot with Halloween right. I don't know I feel like they're constantly they're constantly influencing yeah, influ- each other influencing each other and I really like that about yeah well that brings us to the H2O's timeline yeah oh, yeah that's true let's yeah let's go right into that yeah so here's a little synopsis of Halloween 2 he means H2O after the events of Halloween 1978 which play out in Halloween 1 and 2 Lori Strode fakes her death and changes her name to Carrie Tate. She also becomes the headmistress of an elite boarding school in California, where Michael reunites with her after he went missing for 20 years. Lori thinks she's finally defeated Michael when, after an endless chase, she decapitates him. In Halloween Resurrection, Lori winds up in a mental institution, traumatized after finding out she didn't kill Michael. She killed an innocent EMT whom Michael switched (laughs) outfits with. Stupid. Michael finds Lori once again, finally killing her. 
With his 20-year chase of Laurie Strode finally over, Michael returns to his childhood home in Haddonfield, where a staged reality show has infiltrated his home to unlock the mystery of Michael's madness. After slicing and dicing the show's contestants, Michael is seemingly dead after being electrocuted, but he awakes after being taken to the morgue. Much like the Thorn trilogy, H2O Michael's fate goes unknown. <sighs> I mean, okay, so so do you want to start with H2O, obviously? Yeah, um, so... <laughs> I think... H- you like H2O. I do really like H2O because it's the one that I grew up with. So that's like okay. that's like my nostalgic Halloween film is H2O. Um even watching now, I was like, oh yeah, I remember really loving this one as a kid because, again, it, it like had followed Scream, it followed um, that sort of formula that I really loved. And I honestly don't think it's like, I it doesn't really offer too much new, but the things that I do like about it, um, I, I think it's really interesting. I think it's the start of an idea that... Um, that we later get in 2018, which is Lori sort of dealing with her trauma. Um, you know, first of all, just bringing Jamie Lee Curtis back in general, I think is a win to the, to the franchise. Yeah. Because if it had not been for Jamie Lee Curtis, this movie would have been a lot different. Yeah. This movie would have been direct to video. It would have been Halloween seven and it would have been Michael's actually dead. And it picks up with a copycat killer and a very silence of the lambs type no, no, um, no, no, yeah, no, no. It, it, the, the friend, the friend, Charlie, the one that dies, oh, yeah. the one with the big nose, he actually the kid from Jumanji. Uh, was supposed to be the killer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He plays young Alan. Yes, young Alan. Um, in Jumanji, yeah. So he was going to be the original killer, a copycat Michael stupid. killer. Stupid. Glad they did not do that. So stupid. I know. I'm glad they didn't either. But, uh, yeah. So what do you... I know you have... I feel like you have feelings about H2O. Yeah. I actually think that H2O... This, timeline and and h2o in general is my least is one of my least favorite just because of what resurrection does to it but also because of h2o i feel gave permission for resurrection to be so bad to be honest i think halloween h2o is cheap i think that um halloween the original and even what four five and six did was original and it inspired these movies like scream which we just talked about and then to turn around and pick up the pieces and then be like well let's copy this one because scream did so well let's kind of go with that universe right and it's kind of like i don't like that concept because halloween was the og like halloween is what set the standard and now to go back and follow the trend of scream it's kind of like I don't know. But I, ca- I, I honestly, I think that people that think I know what you did last summer is like a solid horror film would think I H2O is a solid horror film. <laughs> but I think that it's kind of cheap. It's like a, I don't, it's like, I don't know. It's cheap. I don't, I don't see it as necessarily like a copycat. I, what I feel is like, it's a product of its time. You know, I mean, this yeah. happens with everything, you know, we, we, yeah. we have one really successful um, film in a sort of, you know, subgenre or whatever. And then we have all these films that sort of follow it. They don't, you know they usually don't do it as well, but it's also becomes what the what people want to consume. You know, so if, if people had seen Scream and were like, "This is great, I want more like that," obviously more are gonna follow. And you know, to bring something back like yeah. Halloween, like there was no, I think for the time that's how they how people were wanting to consume slasher movies. And yeah. so in in my mind, yeah. that's sort of justifies it. I'm like, oh, but it, and maybe that's why I like it because I'm like, oh, this. 
reminds me of that t- of that time in slasher yeah. movies that I enjoyed. So I don't totally, I don't, and it, and that and your reasoning does justify it. But to me, it's just like it should be the next level. Like these OG like kind of franchises yeah. should be always take it to the next level instead of just following right and into the trend. No, absolutely. But I, you know, I get it. Right. I and, totally and I, get and it. I see like the influence in, in Scream most, a lot of because Kevin Williamson helped write this film, even though he's not credited. He, he's not credited, he's not credited so. because technically he didn't write more than a certain amount. Like you, you can't be credited according to whoever, unless you've written so much of the script, but he, his influence is in there. And, you know, so again, it probably just totally. makes me, you know, think of Scream. It's actually one of the most distracting parts of this movie <laughs> is that the score, the original score was so awful that they had to bring somebody else in to redo the score, which was Marco Beltrami, who did the score for Scream. But instead of writing new music, they just took the score from Scream and plugged <laughs> it into H2O. Yeah. Because there's so many moments where like, you have these sound cues where you're like, this is when Drew Barrymore is doing this, or this is when this is happening. Right. Halloween. You know what I mean? So there's like these triggers for me, and then I get so distracted by that. Because I know Scream so well that when I hear the music, right. I know what scene it's from. So then I start thinking about that, and I'm and I get disconnected from the film. It, I, it's, so, it's so it just bothers me. I just don't understand like the point of that. Like, have you? I don't know if you've actually listened to it, but have you heard the original score for how for H2O? It's on Spotify. I've li- it is yes, I listened to it, and I was like, I don't understand what's I mean so horrible about this. It sounds fine. I think they have some documentaries where they kind of show scenes with the music in there, and it's not. I mean, like, I, mean you know, I mean, maybe they, I, it's just. I know they said they didn't think it was like intense enough, but it, exactly. but it's not a bad score. I mean, I listened to like pieces of it because I was like, because I'd read that it was released, and so I looked it up, and I was like, I mean, okay, maybe it's not the most intense score ever, but it's also not the most intense movie I've ever seen ever. You oh, know? So, no way! It's definitely more tame compared to four, five, and six, right? Uh, it's it kind of goes back to that basic formula that Halloween had a little bit, right? Exactly, and I don't know. Less is more, and so like the thing. One of the things that I like about H two O is you know I like Lori's struggle. She seems to have, as opposed to like the two thousand eighteen Lori, I feel like she she has tried harder. No, you're not tried harder. That's not what I mean to say. But she's been able to do more as far as moving past her trauma like she's she right exactly exists she's been able to um have a have a child and you know she's become a headmistress at a uh is that the word headmaster at a boarding school Um, but you know but so the principal right yeah the principal basically (laughs) and um and she raised like a very smart son uh you know and but then there's other things that show that she hasn't really moved on where she she kind of has a problem with alcohol we've seen a few times in the movie she her son thinks she's incredibly overbearing she she came out of like an abusive string of relationships like a, her husband they they mentioned that he was abusive and a methadone addict <laughs> so methadone yeah methadone um <laughs> so i don't know so i i like that it's like like there's an idea starting about Lori. Like this girl, just, she went through something horribly traumatic, and I like the fact that they yeah. started exploring it. Maybe they didn't do it, you know, perfectly, but um, I did like that that they showed. Yeah, they showed uh, that side that side of Lori. You know, her, 
her trajectory in H2O makes more sense, I think, if she would have come straight out of the first movie. Like, if they would have ignored Halloween 2, I think it would have made sense. I think 2018 Laurie Strode would make more sense with Halloween 1 and 2 happening. When you're when 16 people have died around right. you for one person to get to you, that's fucking scary. And I probably would be 2018 Laurie Strode. Right. But if, like, just a couple of friends died, I would probably be, like, the H2O. <laughs> five people died. <laughs> five five people, people died. People. I mean, I'm but I mean, you know what? <laughs> Every life is precious. I'm not going to say anything. Yeah. True. True. Um, I'm talking in terms of uh, characters. Yeah, 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 yeah. In, in horror movie, <laughs> in horror movie uh, rules and things like that. So, um, right. but I technically, yeah. So I personally, I like H2O. You like this movie? I do. Um, Resurrection, on the other hand, I didn't even bother rewatching because oh, I know it's a piece girl, of me garbage. Either. Garbage. And to think that Rick Rosenthal, who directed Halloween 2, which is basically a, a pretty good continuation of the first movie. Yeah. He directed this garbage. Yeah, what the hell? What the hell is that about? Right. I mean, you know what, though? I will give Resurrection one credit. And that is that they tried to do something new. I mean, yes. Yeah, so I will agree. And, and I think they tried to use it as a way to comment on like the zeitgeist of fucking reality television in the early 2000s. So I I, right. I I appreciate them trying to use this movie to make a comment, but it comes across as really fucking vapid. Yeah, and it kind of falls in line with those dated movies like 13 Ghosts and The Haunting and House on Haunted Hill, where it's just <laughs> kind of like this experience of these characters, but it's so... 2000. So it's just garbage. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I and mean, you can't really explain why, but just like this looks fucking cheap as hell. And Yeah. And and it's kind of that back and forth thing that Halloween 5 and 6 did where it's like this is happening and then this is happening and then this is happening but this is happening and it's like back and forth it's like Ugh. I mean Halloween H2O feels rushed, but at least it's not complicated. Right, exactly. Halloween Resurrection is god awful. There's nothing to say about it other than the mask. I think is one of the better masks of the franchise, <laughs> even though he looks kind of mean. Um, wow, well, cu- kudos love, to I Resurrection for that. I think I mean Resurrection, but I think you know. Then we have to think about the opening. I feel, I feel like the opening is the only significant part of this film, which is the death of Laurie Strode, and like for, yeah. so them for them to like kill her when she's like in a mental asylum. I don't know, like. Cheap. It seems cheap. It seems like Rachel. It was that Rachel death in Halloween Five. Yeah, it's just like undeserved. Yeah, like why? So so quick and dumb. Right. She's our but, she's our hero, and then you're gonna kill her off in the first fifth. Like, I don't know. Jamie Lee Curtis had to be in this movie for contractual obligations. Oh, yeah. She didn't even want the movie to be made, so she was like, "If I'm gonna be in it, you have to kill me off." Good. Yeah. She's like, "Fuck this. I'm not being part of this." Like, I'm fucking done. I'm never revisiting this character again. I think she really liked H2O. I think it was a passion project for her because she even brought on the director of H2O, See, I, Steve Miner. I read that she initially was excited for H2O, but as the production went on, she realized that I'm she was only in it for the paycheck. Yeah, I mean, she. I honestly feel like Jamie Lee Curtis, the only reason she's in movies to this day is for her paycheck. Right, but do you know what she... And even if that's the case, she's still fucking great. She's great. She's, she's great. a great actress. She's a great actress. I, I, I think that she made herself comfortable enough. Maybe it wasn't a passion project. Maybe she just made herself comfortable enough by bringing on the director she wanted. Right. I think she doing I this. think she does care about the Halloween franchise. That's the thing. I think she I think she does care about it and she doesn't want it to be done dirty. 
And so if she's going to be involved in a project, she wants to make sure that she has enough enough power within it to make it at least be watchable or decent and not just be in a complete abomination. Yeah. She's even said that resurrection is garbage. Those, yeah. I think those are her words. I think, I think anybody <laughs> who has eyes and ears would say that Halloween resurrection is garbage. Okay. So try to say something nice about resurrection. How'd I do? <laughs> um, no, like I said, I, I, I Tyra Banks looks beautiful. Tyra Banks, she looks great. She I, and, and her deleted scene that's on YouTube. If you want to go find it of her death, is is hilariously bad. She she reminds me like her acting is just as good as it was on America's Next Top Model when she faints. <laughs> and she's like, for some reason, all the models are like attending to her, and nobody of importance is helping her. And then she's like, she pops up. She's like. Today we're gonna learn about acting, and they're all so confused because they're like, "You're that one girl's crying." Yeah. <laughs> they're all Tyra, please. <laughs> they're like, "There's I." That's one of my that's my favorite moment from American Sex Top Model ever, and I can all the quotes from it are so good, like Tyra, please, and she's like, you know, she's feeling sick in the beginning. She's like, she's like, I'm not feeling well, and this one girl goes, "We got pizza." <laughs> like, it's like super quiet, and you hear one girl go, "We got pizza." Like. <laughs> and I love Tyra Banks in life size. Oh yeah, no, she's yeah, she's great. Yeah, she's great. I don't know if Tyra Banks is an actress. I like her I don't Coyote so. Ugly. You know, oh, her one, yeah. her one she's second like, part. She's like, yeah, she has two scenes. One of them, she's just dancing on the fucking bar. It's a cowboy, all wet. <laughs> oh my god! And you know what? I will say that um, the new cast of Resurrection including Best of Rhymes, I think that they brought like a freshness to it. Like they wanted, they wanted it to be a good movie. They wanted it to be part of that MTV generation, bitch. That's what it was. It's like, I know, but it's like the cast was trying so hard to make this a good movie. And that blonde wasn't. girl. Oh God. Terrible. Oh my God. And you know, she's not a bad actress. She's not a terrible actress, but in this one, she is. I don't, but in other projects I've seen her in, she's decent. Good for her. I'm trying to see Brittany Murphy. Yeah, she's like look wise. Yes, the look. Yes, and for some reason yeah. that was a look in slasher movies of the 2000s was being a Brittany Murphy look like because that's what I thought that bitch from Freddy vs Jason looked like. Yeah, Monica yeah. Kina. Yeah, Brittany she Mur- looks just <laughs> like Brittany Murphy. Like Brittany Murphy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you got cast in a slasher movie in the early 2000s was look like Brittany Murphy. So there's really nothing to say about Halloween Resurrection. I think they did a good job recreating the Myers home from the original. That's about it. And the mask. And Great. Just minor things. So let's just move on to the 2018 continuation of Halloween. Yes. Okay, so some people refer to this as the H40 storyline, um, the 2018 version, whatever. The requel. Ah, so that's cute. Um, that's cute, right? I read that yeah. somewhere. Um, so Halloween 2018 takes place 40 years after the fateful night Laurie Strode first met Michael Myers. Um, ignoring the events of any film but the very first 1978 original, completely dropping the sibling storyline between Michael and Lori. Michael has been locked up for 40 years, escaping to find Lori Strode and her family. Lori has been preparing for this return for 40 years, and she is ready to take Michael down. With the help of her daughter and granddaughter, Michael is trapped in Lori's trick basement and set ablaze. However, Michael is not dead. The night will continue and Halloween kills set to hit theaters next October. Yes. Uh, I have to say, I and I don't care if people disagree, but this is the best sequel of all of them. 
This is the best sequel of all of them. Hands down. Hands I don't down. care what anybody thinks. I don't thinks. understand how anybody could think that any of those other movies are better than this one. This one, okay, so we eliminate the sibling storyline. That doesn't mean that they eliminated the family element of it all. And I think no. And I think it's really strong. And I think that it's so I thought it was such a smart decision to make Michael and Lori both be, be monsters in their own right, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Lori is no sympathetic character in this. I mean, she is, she is fucking. She's hard. She, um, she's paranoid. She, she has ruined her relationships with her family because she yeah. cannot move on from the trauma of her past. She used to be an alcoholic yeah. and all of these things. I mean, she has a, she has a very rough trajectory in this one. Yeah, she is. She's a rough woman she's, who needs help, yeah. but. You know what? She's like this for good reason, as we come to find out when they meet again. Yeah, we find out that um, they're in love. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, right. The, the, the part where they start having sex. Yeah. Oh, wait. Is that a different movie? Yeah, wait. That's that's like the curse of Michael Myers. <laughs> so I actually love the new direction. I like that they took what the original did, and they just intensified yeah. it. Like by, uh, they multiplied it by 100 to bring this like new, fresh elevated terror to the franchise that honestly the other struggled with yeah and 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 i think that they really brought it back to what was important about the original which was the simplicity of it there's not you know we're not there's no motive it's not there's no motive and and i I was talking to my roommate about it when we were watching um halloween 2 and she was like honestly she's like i really like the sibling storyline she's like because i feel She's like, personally, I feel more comfortable knowing that Michael Myers has a motive to kill somebody and isn't just out there ready to get me or something like that, you know? And I was, I was, I was like, but, that, I was like but, that, but there we go. And she's like, but th- she's like speaking it out loud. I realize like that is sort of a scarier idea that some yeah. and somebody can just, whoever it is, will randomly select me and then I can be their next victim. And so yeah, that's scarier. Yeah. No one's safe. He's going door to door, killing right, exactly. people, trying to find Lori. And I think, oh my gosh, that's one of my favorite parts of the movie is just that um, that sequence where Michael is walking just through the trick or treaters and everything, just going house to house, door to door, how door to door, bitch, and just <laughs> getting his. He's just you know killing people because that yeah, that's terrifying. That is the simplicity of Michael Myers. Michael Myers is not. It, it doesn't to me it doesn't compute that he's like controlled by cultists or he has this crazy no he's just motive. a killing he's machine just a killing machine who is let loose on this day and he's a man i like that they made him a man again like he's not some supernatural being that, right. that won't die can't die right he's a man his fingers can get blown off he can get hurt right. he can be stopped right but right you and, know. and you know and if was, so what if we don't have a motive at this point like or like a reason as to why michael can't die like i we get it like at this point we understand that michael myers is like not gonna die yeah he's strong laurie strode won't die either no one's questioning yeah, that that's like needing an explanation <laughs> that like britney why britney spears is lip synced or like we at this point <laughs> if you haven't radically accepted that a fact about this person then there's no hope for you like we've accepted that Michael Myers is has some way. He's a strong guy. Yeah, he survives <laughs> all this shit. Like it's fine. Um, so I I really like that. I really like the family dynamic in this. I really like yeah. this idea of 
three generations of women being able to come together to stop somebody's trauma because it's like a familial curse, right, a generational right, curse. Exactly. And I think that, I think that's a really strong theme where, you know, you know, one person's pain in your family is everybody's pain. It, it, it you know, yeah. it, it, it doesn't just stay within them. It can affect everybody, but what it takes for them to overcome it is for the family is for everybody to come together to, yeah. to fight to fight the pain, to fight the demons, to find, you know, whatever is in within all of you to stop the, stop the evil. And, you know, in that very last scene, there's an amazing, that I love that scene when um, they're in the basement, uh, Allison and, and Karen, who is played by yeah. Judy Greer, who are Lori's daughter and granddaughter. You know, Michael has, as far as we've known, you know, stabbed Lori in the stomach and thrown her out a window, and he's about to come down the to the stairs of the basement to get Judy, or sorry, to get Karen and Allison. And <laughs> Judy. Yeah, well, yeah, she is Judy. Um, and you know, and 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 Karen is playing like she's so scared, she's so scared until her her training has kicked in because Lori has trained her from childhood, and you know, mm-hmm. for for this moment. And, yeah. and she snaps too, and she's like, "Gotcha!" And she shoots Michael, and then Lori comes from behind him and fucks him up, and you know, and they're able to come together as a family when, um, you know, oh, yeah. they're 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 trying to crawl out of the basement because now Michael has ended up in the basement. And he grabs Karen's leg and he's pulling her down, and you know, Al- and the Allison comes in with the knife, hand. and she comes in, and it's like. Yes, I love that. These three generations of strong women are coming together. Yeah. And uh, that's, a, you know, and I know a lot of people, I don't know if they maybe didn't think about that or something like that, but I think that is such a perfect way to bring um, to uh, Halloween into this like 2018, you know, when this came out generation. Um, I don't know. I think it's really strong. I really love that about it. Yeah, it has a really strong message as far as that's concerned. And they set it up for that too, you know, when the podcasters go to Ugh, talk to Lori. I hate them. I'm I think they deserve You know, it's I just think it was a random thing. I think they deserve right? everything that they got in this movie. Also because it's like, who the fuck are you to exploit this woman's trauma for your own personal oh, gain? Yes. <laughs> I like when she's like He's killed five people and we should understand. Yeah. I have two divorces and I'm a monster. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> like, exactly. The so fuck? I'm like, fuck them. They deserved, you know, it, to, it's be, a call to be killed to those... by, while taking a shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ew. Uh, you know, uh, so actually that scene has elements of Halloween four and yeah. Halloween H2O in it. And I really love those Easter eggs that they plugged in from the previous movies yeah. because it, it goes to show the respect yeah, like even though all those movies are, for the most part, awful, <laughs> um, these Easter eggs that they plugged in the masks, the from masks Halloween from Halloween three, three. yes, the yeah, silver shamrock. Mask. There's all these so great, like you know, Halloween four, Halloween H two O, and then there's that line where the sheriff is like, "What are we gonna cancel Halloween?" Yeah. like in Halloween five. There's all these nods to these yeah. previous movies and I love that respect level right, because totally. I feel like it gives this movie a lot of integrity. Yeah, one of my favorites is when Allison is sitting in her classroom and she looks out the window and it, it's reminiscent of the scene in, in Halloween the original where the where original. Lori looks out the window and sees Michael and um, yeah. in this one she Allison looks out the window and sees Lori and I'm like, ah, oh, that is such a cool compa- you know, Yeah, that's a cool that's, that's, Yeah, and there, it's even like the same teacher's like voice yeah. almost like 
fate. Yeah, totally. Totally. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> and the whole sequence that you talked about loving the door to door, both of those kills were inspired by Halloween 2. And um, I think that that it comes to like and conclusion when he finally sees that na- when he sees that neighbor and she comes out dressed as a nurse. Yes, <laughs> she just kind of like gives him like a up and down. Yeah, <laughs> and it's yeah. like mm. like they had so they have so much respect for this franchise, and um, it really shows. And um, I really like it. There's of course there's things that aren't great about the movie. I think the teen characters yeah. are a little bit of a throwaway. I don't really love them that much. Yeah. Um, so you don't have the same charm as Annie and Linda had in the Right, original. you know, and then that tw- the twist of the doctor um, sort of being, uh, you know, an accomplice to Michael or, you know, facilitating him escaping is okay. It, it, See, it, it's I, not super effective I, to me. I know. I know when it came out, people hated yeah. it. And I think that's actually that's that subplot is a big reason why people hate this movie and I do not get it. I think that this is a I think that this is a decent explanation as to how Michael is easily able to maneuver around because this isn't 1978 where he can just walk out and and steal a car and take off. This is we're talking about maximum security. Like how yeah. is this man going to get out of this That's situation? True. Well, I know with the help of his doctor. And to think that this sort of Dr. Loomis character could gets so obsessed with Michael that he becomes deranged and wants to help him get out just so he can follow his steps. I don't mind that. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, I, I do think it helps, like, sort of facilitate this idea of how Michael escapes. But I also, in my mind, I'm like, we've already haven't they already done the the transfer thing where he breaks out after the transfer? Like, I'm like they could. I mean, is that supposed to be a yeah. nod to like the other movies or? Well, I thought that this was a direct nod to Halloween Six, right? Like, like where Doctor Sartain is kind of like the Man in Black, right? Where it's like, sure. you know, kind of like that accomplice storyline. But the, accomplice, but then, yeah. but then the thing about it, it because it also makes Michael more rooted in reality. He doesn't have this super strength. Right. He's a strong man, but he's not able to get out of a yeah you know a pair of handcuffs sure absolutely but i don't know i i think it's something about how how quickly the dark dr sartain is is taken out afterwards too because it's like okay so where was that going was that just a device to get michael to escape or did it have bigger like what did it add to the plot i don't know i honestly think that the only purpose of his character is to help michael move from one place to the other Yeah, i mean i guess so i'm i don't know it's... and then that's why they kill him off so easily and why they they kill him off so quickly i that's I, that's another reason why it doesn't bother me that 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 happens sure. i think it makes it more realistic because i think that if there were alternative options to michael getting around yeah. it would be less realistic like you know where he's in one room and then you're running and he's walking like how the hell is did he catch up to you yeah that's fair you know what i mean it kind of takes out that supernatural element right no okay yeah i understand that absolutely um, I kind of wish they would have given this movie a tagline, like a yeah. Sub- I know it's it's title. really hard to find when you're searching for it, <laughs> <laughs> like Halloween something. Halloween. Even if it was Halloween 2018, yeah, or Halloween, I guess they can do 40 years later, but H4 Halloween something H4 H4 O E40 E40 Yeah. <laughs> I don't. Um, and I love that this movie also doesn't try to be meta, other than the fact that it, you know, it nods, it hints back to the previous films. Mm-hmm. 
but it doesn't try to right. It's not like, scream. Right, it's not like a, it's not know. like aware of itself. Like in in this horror movie, we yeah. No, I'm glad they didn't do that. Yeah, no, it's just I like that it, it just is what it right, is. Right, I like that it's back to the simplicity of, of it. Um, that makes me very happy, and it makes me very excited for the future of these of this film and these films that are coming out. I'm very excited. I haven't been this excited yeah. for like a horror movie franchise in a while. I have to say. I know. It's such a, a loss that 2020 has just been a shit show. And then to think our escapism tools, they're, they're being taken away from us also. Yeah. Halloween Kills is supposed to come out this year, and unfortunately, it's been pushed a whole year away from us. Yeah, that is such a fucking bummer. But I mean... What are your hopes for Halloween Kills? Oh, my hopes for Halloween Kills. I'm, re- I, I'm just really excited to uh, see how how they stretch out the story over two films, um, you know, between yeah. kills and ends, like what, what could happen? Like who's going to die? Who's going to get it? Who's not? What characters are we going to see come back? I'm really excited. And this is just my personal, my personal thing, but I am excited that, Ka- that Kyle Richards is coming back. Cause I'm a huge uh, real housewives of Beverly Hills fan. And um, I'm just really curious to see if Kyle Richards can still act. Well, she apparently gets really into it because I read an article that she broke her nose filming this movie. Right. So. so that makes me excited that it's not just like a lame cameo. I'm excited to see like her get like down and dirty yeah. with this. It seems like there's a lot of introduction to previous characters, Tommy Doyle, right. um, Lindsay Wallace, and that they come back and they kind of make a lynch mob. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Which like on Halloween four. Yeah. It's like these survivors of Michael are now. And it's kind of like that Laurie Strode trajectory in 2018. To also, it's like these people that have been so traumatized from that one night that have that's probably affected their entire lives. They're now coming together to face their trauma right. and de- and deal with right. it, and, and, and probably not survive it. Let, and probably not let's survive be honest. it, but at least attempt yeah. to 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 push through and face adversities. Yeah. Let's be honest, Kyle's not going to survive Halloween Kills. No, she's not. But I, I will say that I want to see some of those previous characters. Yeah. I even want to see the ones that had names but were never seen. Yeah. Like Paul, Annie's boyfriend, uh, oh, Annie's yeah. ex-boyfriend, Paul. Where the fuck is he? She was so in love with Paul. Where the fuck is or he What at? about the one that asked Lori to the dance? Or no, ben or, or, yeah, yeah the, or that Annie asked yeah. her to, to go to the dance with Lori. Yeah. And she's like, oh, I can face him. <laughs> yeah, he dies in Halloween too. He's supposed to be the one that blows up and lives when he gets hit by a car. Oh, really? That's supposed to be him. That's Ben Tramer. Yeah. Well, I, I, that is the most ridiculous scene in the entire franchise. It's I even posted so on our Instagram. It's I know. hilarious. It's hilariously shot. It's just hilariously that ex- that it exists. It's hilarious. Like it's ridiculous. Yeah, oh my God, it's this- ridiculous. <laughs> but that's supposed to be Ben Tramer, a drunk dr- Ben Tramer. Um, but I, you know, but Halloween two doesn't exist in this universe, so maybe he can come back. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I hope he's more- not wearing anybody. that costume. Did you know that they almost wrote Karen Strode in as Jamie Lloyd? That would have been dumb. It would have been confusing. Yeah. But I really would have liked to see Danielle. I hope. We've seen her too much now in this series. She can't play another character. Are you kidding me? I know. You know, I think that's probably why they changed it is because she was in the Rob Zombie one. Yeah. To be honest. I think they were like Halloween 4 and 5, the Rob Zombies Halloween 1 and 2. Like, girl, relax. But I would have loved to see her. I wonder why they... What... I wonder what the idea was with scrapping her having a son, like Josh Hartnett's character. 
Oh, I know. She. I, know. I mean, I don't know. I mean, they could have even acknowledged him, like that he exists, and then brought him back for one of these movies. Well, I think that the idea was just to have that kind of three generations right. of women facing Michael, but so that's why they were going with Jamie Lloyd, which then turned to Karen. But I mean, I don't know. I don't know because that because then that, I mean that would that would be an interesting callback to one of the previous films is bring back Josh Hartnett as as uh, somebody as her son or I don't know somebody maybe I don't know. But yeah, somebody, uh, maybe somebody else. Maybe Danielle Harris could have played her daughter, and Josh Hartnett could have played her his her husband. Yeah, <laughs> you're. I mean, just, this will just go yeah. for it at this point. Like, because we're you just know they actually back. Uh, Paul Rudd. They actually cons- I know he couldn't. Come they back. actually considered Paul Rudd for Tommy Doyle. Again. I know, but he was busy filming Ghostbusters. So he- well, also I don't feel that's maybe yeah. age appropriate. Uh, no, yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, I mean he might be a little. Because Anthony Michael Hall isn't he a lot older than than who? Paul Rudd. Oh yeah, but not too much. Honestly, Paul Rudd is a fucking vampire. I think people think he's younger than he is. <laughs> oh, I know. And but I mean, I I think I think Anthony Michael Hall is probably more age appropriately to be next to Kyle Richards as far as being the same age. I honestly though would love to see some familiar faces at some point in between kills and ends, like. Maybe Ellie Cornell. Just some of these people that were involved with these earlier projects. Right. That, you know, this is probably none it. of those films get probably, justice. This is probably it. Like I don't ha- ever see Halloween coming back ever right. after this. Exactly. So make it the big magnum opus. Bring everybody back. Just fucking do it. Just make it the event, yeah. the Avengers Endgame of slasher films. Yes. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I hope to see that. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think. Oh, uh, not only that, but John Carpenter coming back to supervise the script and do the score. I think had a lot to do with the success of this movie. Right. Also. Exactly. It was the the score is fucking awesome. You can yeah. listen to it by itself from start to finish. Yeah, so good. It's so good. But overall, I mean, like I said before, I think this is the strongest sequel of all of them. I think it's the most worthy, standing up next to the original. Um, yes, it's yes. not without its problems. It, it you know, yeah. it, it's it still riddled with issues. Sure, yeah. but I mean, of course, you're never going to touch the original. But um, no. I'm exci- oh. I'm really excited to see where this goes. And so, yeah, fingers crossed. So, how would you rate these from one, two, and three? Where would you place these timelines? Um, I would put my favorite is this newest timeline, the 2018, the H40, and then I would do mm-hmm. um, the the H2O, and then I do the thorn. Personally. So I'm going to go yeah, you're, you're... with H40 at the top because I just think that this is the sequel this movie deserved. Yeah. Um, and then I'm going to go with Thorn Trilogy, yeah. and then H2O is my least favorite. That, that's fine. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, no, I, <laughs> sure. I, no, I think fine. I think that both of us justified <laughs> our reasons why we liked and disliked each. Yeah. And, so. and I totally, I mean, I totally get it. And honestly... When I look at these, I can rank them from one to eight, but I I, I think all of these movies stand on their own and with dignity. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't think, but when you put them all together, that's when it becomes a mess. Yeah. My favorite is um, actually Rob Zombie's Halloween 2, so <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> You know, and eventually we'll get to those. I'm, I'm sure. sure Rob Zombie's Halloween 2021. I'm sure we we need yeah, something else I'm to do sure on Halloween. We'll, right, I'm sure that will blow that one out of the water. Um, and Halloween three, of course, will definitely deserve its own episode. Uh, oh my god, yes, that movie. 
It has, and again, it's just like the rest of these sequels. It has its good and its bad. Right, absolutely. So if you are disappointed that you didn't hear about those films, tune in because we'll be talking about them eventually. Yes, we will. <laughs> so yeah, I think that wraps up our, our little discussion on the Halloween multiverse. I hope we covered every single one. I hope we didn't forget anything. Um, let me look through my notes. Obviously, I wrote down one thing and I think this sums it up. This is like a film series by Ryan Murphy. <laughs> oh my god, why? I don't see the copious amounts of gay sex in it. <laughs> I wish. That, it's just like this big old mess. <laughs> the beginning didn't know where it was going to finish. And it just right. Become, there's a few different writers, a few different directors, and yeah. they just don't go together. No, absolutely. <laughs> I will say that I've really, you know, again, these have problems here and there, but I've enjoyed watching them all this October. I think it's really put me in the in the Halloween spirit for sure oh yeah I watch these movies I watch every single one of these every Halloween Ooh, that's a it's a big choice I was like Ooh, I can't believe I have more of these to watch but I was really excited it's a task. once I got to 2018 I was like I felt accomplished I felt like I had you know really made it and I you felt like Laurie Strode I felt like Laurie Strode and um, <laughs> yeah I'm also an alcoholic I'm just kidding <laughs> just kidding um, oh my god so before we wrap up, uh, we wanted to give a little shout out to um, Ryan DMV slash who we are pretty sure is Brother Ghoulish on Instagram for um, a, our podcast review or Apple podcast review that you left for us. Um, it was very nice. Uh, we we slayed we slayed him with just one episode. Our episode of The Conjuring, I guess, got him hooked. And um, we yes. just want to say that we really appreciate that. Um, thank you for leaving a review. And um, anybody else who wants to leave a review, we we definitely appreciate that. We love to hear that we're doing good work. And um, or if you don't like us, leave let us know. But don't be leaving a review. Yeah, just <laughs> DM yeah, us. Yeah, literally, just tell us. Just tell us. We'll uh, say it to my face. Yeah, say it to my motherfucking face. <laughs> um, um, this episode will be released on the 28th so that means that in two days on Friday the 30th our Halloween special bonus episode will be released oh my gosh and bitch it is it is something else oh my god I love it it's, I love it it's so good it's so different but I think you guys well, hopefully appreciate it. If you don't, suck it. Yeah. No. <laughs> if you don't like it, suck my dick. And if you think, if I, have you seen that Cardi B video? No. Which, they probably. She, yeah, she's like, if you don't like me, you can suck my dick. And if you think I don't have a dick because I'm a woman, I have a pink dildo in my drawer. <laughs> <laughs> she is clever. She's classy. <laughs> <laughs> She's a classy ass broad. <laughs> Love her. Well, I guess that wraps it up for Halloween. I know. Oh my gosh. Um, I, you know, I would tell you all to uh, have a safe Halloween, all that, but you're gonna get all that shit in our Halloween special. So I'm gonna tell you, just yeah. enjoy these next two days, and then Halloween is not over. Yeah. Go watch The Craft Legacy, unless mm-hmm. it sucks, and Rotten Tomatoes tells you not to. So. <laughs> I would say just have a marathon of our episodes. Ooh, that's a good idea. Yeah, on the road to Halloween, go listen, go back, go listen to some of your favorites. Tell your friends, tell your families. Have a have a listening party. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> Popcorn, um, you know, alcohol, dildos. Oh. Um, 
Yeah, I thought that was implied. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, popcorn, alcohol, marijuana. Yes, marijuana. Do it up. Yeah, Do absolutely. it up. Fear the talking queers party. Um, but mm-hmm. uh, so until Halloween, sweet screams. <laughs> <laughs>